Welcome to Uncommon Sense. I'm your host, Jill Gleba, and we're talking to inspirational, common, and imperfect people just trying their best and trying to gain some uncommon sense. Sometimes a journey takes a little longer than you expect. Today, we spoke with Moyes about his journey from India to the U.S. without knowing our language and taking many sidesteps along the way in finding his ideal career. You started a little bit further back than I'm going to say the average American has. And the point of these stories is if we share our challenges, it might give you some motivation and hope that anybody can do this. Anybody can make their life better. The first chapter of the book is what are you doing with your money? It talks about how anybody can invest and anybody can do better with their life. So I would love for you to share your story about how you came here when you were 21. You did not even speak English. You came with your family. How did you get here? That would really be my first question. Thank you for having me here today, Jill. So I migrated through, uh, you know, family visa with my parents and my younger sister was able to come. My older sister wasn't able to come. So back in 2004, we came to the United States, four of us, and uh, that's how the whole journey started for me from that time. And you had a sponsor, so you all came over and lived with your aunt. Yep. So my uncle was a sponsor. So we came and we were staying with my uncle and his wife and his younger son at the time. And they were nice enough that allow us to stay with them for about three months because wow. it was like coming to a new planet. It was a whole, <laughs> um, it's like one day you go to sleep, you wake up next day and it's like, what just happened? So we had our own one room about 10 by 10 where all four of us slept for about three months. And uh, yeah. Wow. So I guess the first order of business was you thought, okay, we better learn to speak the language. So off you went to classes and your uncle drove you, your mom, your dad, right? Yep. So before we could learn how to drive, we had to learn English. So at the time, there were government sponsor English classes for people who come from all over the world to the United States. So my uncle would drive us seven o'clock in the morning. He would drop us off, all three of us. My sister joined high school and uh, he would come back and pick us up around 11 o'clock Luckily, he worked second shift at the time, so uh, he was able to accommodate. And uh, if I tell you a quick, funny story, mm-hmm. we would go to the class and we would learn a lot of different things. And it's more practical. It's not like you start from A, B, C, D. And we would get homework to do. The teacher would give us feedback, all in English. Uh, so me and my parents would like, what are they talking about? <laughs> So we come home, it's like, I don't know what to do because I don't even know the questions. But my cousin was there who helped us a lot. And he also helped me further down when I started from community college to, uh, you know, further along in my education. So isn't that something? So you learn English, you had to get a job, but I think you also had to learn how to drive what you just talked about. So your first job was where? So my very first job was working at Myers. I just walked in with my uncle and my aunt. We were doing grocery shopping and uh, there was a hire me sign. So it's like, why don't you just go apply? And I was like, what do you mean just go apply? What do you, what am I supposed to do? Is that there's a computer there, go fill out the application. So that was straightforward. I put in my name, my information and 
I wanted to work in the front, uh, but I did not know how, we, how to communicate. So at that time, I got my very first job uh, unloading trucks at Myers, uh, and uh, that's what I did for about six months. That's how it all started. And then you also went to community college. Yeah. So after starting work part time, again, my uncle and aunt took me to the Schoolcraft College and we sat down with a counselor. We went through the whole uh, translation process and it was not easy for me. It was it required a lot of courage because I'm like, what am I doing? And I always had this doubt. Can I do this? Can I do this? So I did all the placement tests and I really had to start from basic. It was not that I didn't know a lot of things. I just didn't know the meaning of it in English. I didn't know how to say those things in, in English. So I did community college for about two years. And I uh, honestly, I can't even imagine going to another country, not being able to speak their language, and then someone telling me, okay, just go up there and apply for a, jo- a job. And it's hard enough trying to figure out it's not your first language and you have to fill out the application and such. And I know you loaded and unloaded trucks. And my point here to share with others is it doesn't matter where you are in life, that this is just part of your journey. So you got through the basics and now uh, you're where the average American is, is, okay, we can speak the language. Maybe we get into community college or find a training program that would help us, you know, get a job. And then you moved on to, I think it was Circuit City. Yeah. So Myers would not give me enough hours to pay for uh, for all the cost I had. So I had to uh, look for a different job. And again, I go to Circuit City and I struggle with the interview there. I mean, most people don't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, so somehow I got the job and I worked for Circuit City until they went out of business. And while I was in school, I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days about 10 hour shift. So it gave me enough money to not to take a lot of student loan debt, still pay for my living cost and uh, continue uh, education. So you already had a three year degree in India. So you came here and had two more years at the community college. Uh, The market crashed in 2008 and Circuit City closed down. And now you had to get another job. And I think you applied and went to Walsh now, right? Walsh College. Actually, earlier, uh, 2008, I transferred from Schoolcraft to Walsh. So in in 2008, I finished my undergrad at Walsh. So I took uh, four classes, four semester, total 16 classes. I had to do minimum to get degree from Walsh. So that's what I did. And yes, it's perfect timing. I finished my undergrad. I lost my job at Circuit City because they went out of business and market crashed. So it was a very, very difficult time. But here's what's cool about this is you found somebody at Schoolcraft College that was really helpful to you. Oh, yes. We all have those people, and I'm going to call it little nuggets in life to give us a little bit of help. And you said you're still friends with this person that helped you at Schoolcraft because you went to their office and said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You were getting discouraged. It actually happened at Walsh more than Schoolcraft because I signed up for four classes. I did not really know what I'm getting into. Mm -hmm. So then it was a big transition from community college to Walsh. So I got so much work between actual job and school that I was overwhelmed and uh, I was extremely stressed. 
And I went to the counselor and I said, I can't do this. Maybe I drop a class or two or I'm not fit for this. But the person was really helpful. He talked me into keeping it and just hanging there one day at a time. And after second semester, I was just fine. So Wow. And your dad did too. Your dad encouraged you. Yeah. Well, after losing Circuit City job, I had to go find different job. So uh, there was a time where me and my dad worked together night shift in a factory. Uh, and one day we're driving home uh, about four o'clock in the morning and we were hungry. So we stopped by at White Castle, <laughs> uh, probably the last time I, I ate there. Uh, but um, we were eating and he goes, you know, you can't really do this, you know, forever. And I said, I know I'm going to work for it. And uh, uh, it you know, eventually with time. So he gave me a lot of encouragement and a lot of time just by looking at my parents and all the things they had to do uh, to just get us here. So that was just enough motivation for me and I think for my sister too. So I had to prove them that they made the right decision. That's a good motivation. So that that's another thing to share with others is if you're not where you wish you were, if you wish you were somewhere else or doing a different job, that's okay. I mean, you've got to start somewhere at all these different jobs, and it kept leading and leading and leading to where you are today. So, yeah, you do have to find your motivation, and you have to find it within yourself. People right. always ask me, you know, where do you get all your confidence? You don't, you don't just get confidence. Someone doesn't issue that to you. You have to just do all these things that are uncomfortable. Like you did a lot of things out of your comfort zone that were very uncomfortable for you, but you did it anyway because you just didn't like the factory. I'm not going to stay here working at a factory. Your dad's like, I didn't come all the way over to this country and go through all of this expense and hardship for you to stay at a factory. And they wanted you to do better. Right. I wouldn't say there's anything wrong with a factory. It's just not where you wanted to be. So everybody's on their own journey. So there's no judgment here. It's just the idea you wanted more and your parents wanted more. So the market crashes, you get fired, and you ended up, I think, at a bank, right, while you were at Walsh? Yeah, so maybe maybe one of the wisest decisions I made. After 08, I was looking for work, but at the same time, I really thought hard about this. I can just go work forever now, or I can maybe further educate myself. So I found a job at a bank who would pay for some of my education. So I continue, continue on with the master's. Then I got into the finance industry. And so I started part-time at the bank and they gave me enough benefits that would support me for further education. So I did that uh, until I was uh, done with my master's and even after that. Then I continue on with a full-time position there and I just couldn't get to where I wanted to from there. So I had to make more further changes. And I'm not asking all these questions as a resume, because people are going to say, why are you just sharing your resume? It's the idea that you went through a lot of different menial jobs to lead you to the better job. There's always a journey going from one to the next. So the idea you finally got in finance, I mean, how many years did you live here and you finally are into the, at least the area of expertise that you wanted to be in? Yeah. It took a while. At least 10 years. Okay, there you go. Everybody thinks people instantly have a great job, and they don't. It takes a long time to get there. So what is the biggest difference here 
do you think, rather than being in India? I mean, is there more opportunity here? Is that why your parents felt they should come here? Or is it maybe because your dad's brother said, hey, you should come here. There's a lot more. I, I, I'm just curious. It's both. It is? I think it's both. Yeah, more opportunity, more uh, freedom. Uh, absolutely. You know, they say sky is the limit. And the whole country is basically run and formed by migrant people. So that's why they call land of opportunity. So uh, it's up to, of course, each individual person. And it doesn't matter whether you come from different country or you're born here. Uh, the opportunities are there. Uh, I think it would be much more difficult and challenging in other places and perhaps in India. Uh, so that's probably the reason. So my parents, my dad specifically had a dream. So he fulfilled his part and I had to fulfill my part. So for people listening, what if they don't know what they want to do? I mean, I think they should look back on when are they happy, what type of work, what kind of classes they like, what are their interests, and then try to gravitate as best you can, or maybe just try out different jobs till you find something that fits your abilities yeah. and your interests, right? Yeah, it's it's not always about what job will pay me more money. It's also important that are you happy with that job too, right? So I think uh, people should constantly try and look for something that will at least lean them to the direction they want to go. Mm -hmm. I keep looking, right? That drive needs to be there. And uh, eventually that constant drive and the constant trial and error will get you to where you want to go. So sometimes we try things, they don't work out. And so the good news is we know what doesn't work out and we move on to something else, right? Yeah, I have tried many things in my life and did not work out. So I had to change things around to move on. And, you know, I know when we kind of stole you from the bank, they were mad. They wanted to keep you. But because the market had just crashed, they had a freeze on hiring and the other thing I thought was interesting is you were interviewing with me and then picking up your wife from school at nine o'clock at night to drive about 45 minutes to an hour home. So you both had long days. You started seven in the morning, you worked till later, and then you picked up your wife and went home. Yeah, she was taking uh, accounting classes and Walsh is, I would say, non-traditional school. Yes. So the most classes start at 6 p.m. after work. So that's when they had some of these classes she was educating herself into while she can uh, look for a job in the field, in the accounting field. So uh, it was easier for me to just stay here a little longer. She would drive with me in the morning, we'll pack our lunch, she will study while I'm working, and then I would drive home around 9 o'clock when I can get her and we can both drive home. There you go. I mean, that's an example of what you went through to get where you are. So it wasn't an easy road. Since this podcast shares stories to support your financial health, I thought your physical health may be important to you too. If there was one thing you could start doing right now that would change your overall health for the better, would you do it? If you could lower or eliminate some medications, would it be worth it to you to try something new? With so much information overload, it's overwhelming to know the right way to take care of your health and prevent future problems. Eating better and exercising consistently can be tough, but it doesn't have to be when you've got the right person in your corner. Rachel McClellan of Personal Health Management can help you. 
With over 10 years experience as a registered dietitian and a certified personal trainer, Rachel brings it. She works with all ages, fitness levels, health statuses and abilities, and even works with your medical team. You will get all of the encouragement and support you need, so email Rachel at phmchangeyourlife at gmail.com. Go ahead, make that appointment with Rachel, phmchangeyourlife at gmail.com. I was trying to think of any funny stories you might want to share. You did tell me the story. I want you to, to share with us about your adventure coming here, literally from India on the plane and what happened. So, um, <laughs> yeah, when we flew to United States back in 2004, that was our first plane trip. So, uh, of course, we always dreamed about sitting in a plane one day and it was coming true. So we probably didn't sleep for like two nights. Oh, my gosh. Uh, coming here in our maybe the first flight or the second flight, I don't exactly remember. I remember it was Northwest Airlines at the time. And uh, my sister had to go use restrooms. She went to use restroom and um, we were waiting for her. 10 minutes go by. I was like, where is she? Why she didn't come back? Well, it turned out she did not know how to unlock bathroom doors in the airplane. Oh, no. So she came back crying uh, and was like, what just happened? And she goes, I got locked in. <laughs> the, the air hostess had to come out and help me to open the door because I did not know how to open the door. And she's probably telling her how and she didn't understand the language either. No, it was. Yeah. But, you know, even with the sign language, they figured out that she was stuck. So she had to get help to get it out. That is, that's tough. And it, it's upsetting because you don't know how to get out and you're trapped in this <laughs> tiny, tiny little room. But those are the little things that we take for granted here, like learning to grocery shop, finding doctors. I mean, all those simple things you had to start all over. Just like people that maybe recently moved too, they have to find yeah. their way. So many people. And it's stressful. It's stressful. Yes. Well, thanks for sharing. That's funny. One thing I, I would say about, because we work together is whenever we do something fun as an office, um, bocce ball, we've uh, went to cooking classes, as a, we've gone to top golf, you always have this sense of wonder. And that's one thing that's, I'm going to say, different about you than, say, my friends, been there, done that type of thing with my friends, where you're like, wow, this is the greatest. This is so much fun. So everything's new to you. That's what's kind of interesting to me. Oh, yeah. Everything that we do is something new to you that you haven't experienced. So it's not everything, but many things. And it's fun. It's fun to experience that with you. I think that's kind of cool. And how about your family? Like your kids now are going to grow up knowing what snow is, where you didn't, right? No, I did so. not experience snow until I moved to the United States in 2004. So I'm going to say that. There's a lot of jobs you had that weren't your career jobs. Moise, you came on to our firm and you're now a part owner and you're a partner. I think you've been with us almost 10 years, which is a long time. So it took a long time for you to get to where you are today. And I think that's the point we wanted to make with this podcast is that everybody's journey is, you don't know how long it will be. Um, one thing we forgot to talk about throughout this podcast was about investing absolutely, and saving money. You and I are quite frugal. We both grew up with no money. And you keep saving and saving a lot of money now because 
the same reason I do, I guess we're just motivated to save money. I don't know how we can help people or encourage them to save money, except that there's no more pensions. Companies don't give pensions anymore. It's all up to us to save it. And, you know, we're all trying to recreate our income, right? Absolutely. When did you start saving, though? I guess that's my question. How old? I was thinking the same. So I did not know what is 401k or... Um, my parents did not know what is 529, especially when I went to college. But I started saving, if I remember correctly, when I started with the bank. And I was putting in about 2 or 3%, not much because I couldn't do more. But that was a, that was a good start. And then once that switch flipped on, uh, it just stayed on. It uh, doesn't matter how much, what dollar amount, what percentage. And every time you go back... And you see those accounts and you see, you know, the, the power of compounding they talk in our uh, work that naturally gives you motivation. Part of your life, I would say that uh, the difference between people that do well and don't is that they make saving part of their life. It's just, what can I save every single paycheck? They're not just putting it in the bank and forgetting about it. They actually have things in mind that they're saving for. Right. I come from living paycheck to paycheck. So I know exactly how it feels like that uh, every time you're looking forward for that Friday where you can pay all your bills off. So we talk about it. You have to look for that gap between earnings and savings. And that's where you have to find a way to start. And then it's just going to be a small start, but that should not be discouraging. Uh, You got to start somewhere. So eventually that small start will become it should become a big savings or emergency fund for you. So uh, absolutely. You know, we had a um, co-worker a long time ago, and he he just kept talking to both of us like, you know, you could be driving up, get a bigger house or a better car and better this and better that. And we both thought it was kind of funny. Like, who are you trying to impress? We just want to save our money. We're not out there to impress anybody. And... Um, Usually the people who have the most money are not trying to impress anybody. That's my experience. Right. <laughs> you know, they just they just uh, keep their head down and do what they got to do. The ones that are probably trying to impress the most, uh, I don't know what they're trying to prove, but it doesn't matter what other people think. You've got to do what's good for you. Maybe there is some type of a self-satisfaction, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So make it part of your life. Make it part of your journey, no matter what kind of job you have to save. If a company has a plan, get in it. And if it doesn't, then um, maybe you start an IRA or start a savings account and start building it up. You said you weren't even paid by a a paycheck at some of your jobs. They gave you a debit card. Yeah, my very first job at Myers, I did not have a bank account because I did not have money to open a bank account. Mm -hmm. So I think they still exist and they were paying me with a debit card, which I can use anywhere. So I still remember how I spent that first you know, maybe $60 debit card for a week long of work. So, yeah. And then I started uh, a bank account. So I think you're proof to your parents that you are doing better. I'm trying. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess the message today is that uh, you personally wanted to prove to your parents you could do better. I think that's what drove me too, is I wanted to do better than my parents. The other thing I remember you mentioned is you want them to know they made the right decision to move here. Right. And they did. We both want to share that we gave up a lot to get where we are. It wasn't an easy journey at all. It was very difficult. And people helped you along the way. People at both colleges helped you and encouraged you. Your parents encouraged you. 
Um, if you don't have that type of support, you find some friends that will encourage you. Neither of us hung out with friends that would bring us down or we just avoided them. I did because if I didn't have time to go party and do the things that they yeah, did. One of the unique situations I had because the way I came and the way I went to school, my friends are from 70-year-old to 18-year-old. So yeah. I learned that it doesn't matter where the knowledge comes from. You got to take it and you got to take all the help. So I have friends who are retired already and I have friends who are just starting out just because being in a unique situation. I have friends from all walks of life too and I like that. Yeah. Many cultures, ages, where they grew up, everything. The other thing is I think people hang out with mostly like-minded people and it's a good idea to hang out with people that are a little different because otherwise how are you going to think any differently? Right. So everybody, I hope this helps your journey in saving money. I hope it motivates you to save money. No matter where you're at in life, you can get there. It just is a step at a time. So I would say until next time, let's just continue to help each other. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for listening to Uncommon Sense. I'm Jill Gleba. For more stories and all the financial knowledge you wish somebody had taught you, you can find my book, Uncommon Sense, at jillgleba.com. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.